He knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so anyway, so that was the first time I met him. Now, for those that don't know anything about Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, uh, at his Levaya, the famous story that a bunch of nuns came to his Levaya, and they asked him, uh, people asked, what are you doing here? It was a Shiva house? Okay, that's even better. Uh, and... He, they, they responded that nobody else said hello to them in Muncie amongst the from community except for Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. So I, I heard him once say something. I have to say it over for a moment, even though this has no relevance, but just interesting. And then I'll tell you what he said about on this week's Parsha. <clears throat> so he used to come at the end of the year to Tarvadas to talk to the um, Kolel and the Yeshiva Bacharim that before they go into business, they should give some time to the Klal. He called it the Jewish Peace Corps. He felt that it was the time when Peace Corps was, was a real option for people. And he, he said that give a year, give two years, you know, to the Klal, the Jewish Peace Corps, and then go to work. Okay? That's what he was there for. But before that, they had a he would have a question and answer period. Now today, this is passe, but in the 80s, um, space invaders and UFOs was like a, a big deal. If you remember the, a lot of TV shows like uh, Lost in Space, My Favorite Martian, was that what it was called? My Favorite Martian, uh, Space Invaders, I don't remember, there were others. Mork and Mindy, it was, a, it was a big deal, you know? So this one guy raised his hand and asked Rav Yaakov if he believes in extraterrestrial life. So without skipping a beat, Rav Yaakov said there's a pasuk. He said, yes, that could be. He said it could be. And he brought this pasuk from Shiras Devorah. It says in the pasuk, first it says, Ki Shomayim Nilchamu that the uh, heavens fought against uh, with Sisera and everything. And then it says, Uro Meros, cursed be Meros, Amra Malach Hashem, Uro Aror, Yoshveha, all the people of, all the inhabitants of Meros should be cursed, Kilovo Le'ezers Hashem, because they didn't come to help the Jewish people. And Rashi says on this that it was a star. Meros is a star. So therefore, Rav Yaakov said from this pasuk that it is possible that there are inhabitants of other, uh, you know, uh, extraterrestrial life. However, he said, a Torah they don't have. So there's no Bechira. A Torah they don't have. But the concept of, a, of, a, of, of, a, of, an eat, of an extraterrestrial life could be. So why am I telling you this? It's interesting. No, I, I, Found it to be fascinating, actually, at the time. So the reason I told you this is because his grandson, Rabbi Shuren, who has a yeshiva in Israel called Midrashi Rachel, he told me that one time Rav Yaakov said to him on this week's Parsha, you know, you have that uh, milchama between the four kings and the five kings. Who cares? I mean, every word of Torah is... is, is, is is incredible, but like most of us get bored by that story. And he said that, Rav Yaakov said that that was the first world war. 
It was the First World War. And who is it centered around? Avram Avinu. Because every time there's a world, there's a war, a major upheaval in the world, it's around Jewish people. It's around the Jews, Avram Avinu. And what's even more fascinating, you know, is the fact that what was it really about? It was about Lot and captives and hostages and whether, you know, there's, there's Shilas, which you sent me about whether you can put yourself into Sakana to save another person. But the bottom line is that that's, Rav Yaakov said that you start off with the world realizing that a world war is going to be centered around the Jewish people. All right. So now we're going to start learning a little bit about Yeshua. <clears throat> the first thing, and, and actually before, I just want to go over. Ah, oh, Adam is here. So Rav Gamliel, since we're all in a war right now, we're all in a war. So I just want to share this one thing, and then then we'll we'll go weiter here. First of all, as Rav Gamliel Rabinowitz said, we have to be really, really careful with Shalom Bias. And I got to tell you, because he said that if if you yell down here, they're going to yell at you from above. So we have to be careful. I'm a pretty, pretty chill guy. But I can tell you that over the last couple of weeks, the stress level, the internal... Yesterday, I don't know what it was, but I, I was... I was... I don't even... Honestly... I don't know what anxiety is. I don't, I don't personally suffer from it at all. But yesterday, I was feeling it. I was feeling, I was, you know, that the nerves. And we got to be really, really, really careful. Because that's what the Sutton is trying to do. Like it says in, uh, in Myriv, where it says, Because uh, the Sutton, first he goes and he gets you to do something wrong. And then when you want to rectify it, you want to do tshuva, he comes and he says, yeah, you're going to do tshuva? Yeah, you're going to do tshuva from that? So we have to be really careful because right now, there's no doubt that he's after us in a big, big way. You know? And the other thing in this area, we all see things and watch things and we're caught because on one side, we want to know what's going on, and then we get sick from it, right? We get nauseous. There was a, there was a, today a, a, a note that they caught on a terrorist about what, you, you know, so what are you going to do? You're not going to read about it? You're not going to listen and live with your head in the sand? You can't do that. You can't. I, I don't even know. I, I know people say you shouldn't, but I don't see how a firm person cannot... Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, so then you get sick from that, right? So then you put on the, 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 the news or whatever of the Israeli soldiers dancing, right? You feel better for a second, and then you have FOMO because here you are in New York, and you're miserable because what are you doing? <laughs> so it's like, it's like see, we, first, so we got to be really careful with that. I, I think it's really that, that back and forth between depression and then the other type of depression because you're sitting here and saying, you know, I would like to have an M16 and dance around there, even though they're not taking me right now. Now, what do you think? If I lost weight, would they take me? I don't think so. But I don't think they ever would have taken me. But, but, the, but the, the concept is a back and forth. And then there's a second issue that we have to be even more careful. He said, at the end of the day, and this is what we're going to get into, into Yeshua, we all 
think of ourselves as babies. You're 98 years old. You have you're walking in a, in a, on, a on a you know like a, you know, walker. walker, but in your brain you're still in fifth grade. In the brain, we we don't think we're getting older, but we have to remember that our kids and all the people around us. And Eve, there's no women here. So, you know, sometimes, like, the women are in control in certain things. So that's really good. And that whatever. But at the end of the day, if you, if you show that, you know, you're scared, if you show that, that also affects the world. I had a story that I, I tell over about how, I, to me, this was one of the most poignant things that I ever saw from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I, I said this over many times. I think it's the way a father and, and a, a parent and a leader has to act. So I used to go to Fabrengens like everybody else. Like everybody else. The big Fabrengens, you know, the 10,000, 15,000 person, Yudtes Kislev, you know, those type of Fabrengens. And I used to push and, you know, push my way through. And then one day I was living, I just was newly married, I realized that I could David Mincha and Meyer by the Rebel. And there was nobody there. I mean, you know, 30 people, 40 people in a room that was literally from, the, from that wall to this wall, about this size. It was a small base medrash. And the Rebbe would have it, you know? So why not do that? So I started doing that. And then I found out something even more crazy. So the Rebbe would sit like right where you are, Ben, right over there. And the Hasidim, well, they wouldn't sit near the Rebbe because, you know what I mean, you can't get too close. But I'm not that Hasidish. So I would sit right where you're sitting, right on top of the Rebbe almost. And nobody else would do it. So I had, I had like, like prime seats. And I would see the Rebbe had his little curly hair. Did you guys know he had curly little, little hair on the back of his head? I would see that. And I noticed that he, um, he would dive in. When he, would, he had a stender, and his hands were always clenched like that. And I didn't know, I didn't have any interpretation. I, I never heard anybody talk about it, but I did see it. It was like this all the time. And then one day, he opened his hand, and it was shaking. It was like really shaking. And then I realized, in my mind, I don't know if it's accurate, but in my mind, it's very scary when your father starts shaking. It's very, very scary when the person who you perceive, I'm not talking about the messianic stuff, but we're talking about the, you know, the leader of Klai Yisrael in your mind, or a leader of Klai Yisrael is showing, you know, it's very scary. We gotta be careful that we don't show that too much. We have to show hum uh, that we're human, and that we have feelings, and we have our weaknesses, but we have to be careful because that gets translated by the children in a way, and others in a way that they can't get beyond, because it's crazy. And this is really actually fits right into the first Pasuk. It says, the second Pasuk, it says, Moshe Abdimesh. Moshe, Yoshua is told by, by Hashem, Moshe Abdimesh. He's dead. You gotta be straight. You gotta, sometimes you have to be very clear. You can't play the game of, you know, of he's not here now. You got to be straight. You know, when the Rebbe died, I saw something. I, I, and, and it was a very, it was a straightness, which was very weird. <clears throat> the day he died, I was there. Anybody else was by 
770 the day he died. So they did something which, which from people don't usually do. Everybody walked in front of the Rebbe's office. The Rebbe was, was, he was on the, floor, on the ground. They took his table, which is what they made the, the uh, what's it called, the Aron out of. It was an old minhag. So they took his table, and he was on the, the wood of the table, wrapped up in a talus. But you could see the body. You couldn't see the face, but you could you could see the body of that it was, in, and it was very strange. The shape, yeah, the shape, but the talus, but you, but you were able to see. We don't do that. No, not here. We don't do that. When do you go? You walk by the, you walk by the rabbis when a person passes away. I never saw that. You, that you walked by not. In America? Okay, whatever. I think they did that because they wanted to make clear that the Rebbe is not here. He's passed away. But the Pasuk says very clearly, Moshe Abdimes, he's dead. The Atta, and then the Pasuk says, and now, Kum Avorisayardin Hazeh. Rashi says something very interesting on this. Rashi says, and this is a feeling that we all have had, he says, Moshe Abdimes, and you know what? Ilu Hayakayam, if Moshe would be alive, he would be who we would want, I would want. In other words, it's clear. We know that insecurity that we all have. Like, I'm a kid. How am I running the business? How how am I now the 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 the, the now the person that everybody's calling up for advice? Who am I? I'm st- we all go through that. And I, and it's very very clear that Yeshua had that feeling, you know, and that's what we're going through when it comes to right now. All of a sudden, we've never experienced what people look at us. Kids are looking at us. And we're supposed to be the big chachamim yode. You know, we're supposed to give everybody direction and strength. But you see, right away over here, Hashem is saying, "Yeah, you know what? It's true. The truth is that you're not as great when it comes in certain ways to Moshe Rabbeinu, but that doesn't matter." Now it's your turn. And what does Hashem say right away? What is the immediate moment Hashem says? You got to get up. Kum avor esayardin hazeh. Now you're the person who's going to go on and lead the Jewish people. Because every, every, it says in the Gemara, ein malchus nogas bachaverto, one kingdom, doesn't step over another kemole nema, even the, the breath of a hair. Shekol hamalachim niktsa bashamayim. In heaven, every kingdom, every ruler, every leader has a specific time. Yemei malchusam, l'regoim. Every it's it's written down how long Bush is not Bush Biden, how long Biden is going to be president. It's all to the second. And when his time is up, it's up. Okay? And over here, Moshe, and when that time comes, exactly, before that last moment takes place, the next king doesn't take over. 
until that specific moment. So you, Moshe died because his time was up, and now it's a new generation. It's a totally, totally new generation. You know, imagine if the Chavetz Chaim came back right now. He would know what I, he, we see that with the story of Choni Amagel. You see with Choni. Choni was the greatest of his generation, right? Who is better, greater than Choni Amagel? He makes a circle, right? And it, rain comes. The man was unbelievable. Put him 70 years later. And they didn't have 70 years now is much different than 70 years like two and a half thousand years ago. 70 years now. What happened? What was going on 70 years ago? We had the Holocaust. That was a fun time. Uh, there were there were no jets. Yeah, you think there are jets? No, 73. 53. 53? 53. Okay, if there were, none, nobody in the in general population had gone on them. Um, they didn't go to the moon. They didn't go any, I mean, they didn't have uh, anything that we have, basically. The world was different. And Choni comes, and Choni can't relate. Pasha, he can't relate. So we have to be who we have to be. That's what Yoshua is told, that it's time for you to get up and stand up. And as it says in, in he quotes in Ma'am Lohi, in reference to, to this, when it says, Kum avor sayardin hazeh, it says, that he was told that you're not allowed to have anivas at this point. You can't be an anav. It's okay. There's times when it's good to be an anav, but not here. It says over here, remez. It says atakum avorasiyardin hazeh. Remez yeshbozeh. There was a message. Shegam lo yinoig be'anava yisera. You can't be too humble. Ela yagbiel libo b'darche Hashem. You got to be strong. You can't sit back. You know, we, I think that we suffer a lot from that, that people feel as though, who am I? What am I? The bottom line is that you have to stand up. You have to lead if you have that ability. I once asked Rav Palm, well, it started because I asked Rav Palm if it's, if it's an okay thing to feel good about being good in Kiruv. I want to know if that's Gaiva with that, you know, what, what, is it okay to feel good about what you're doing? I know it's a, say, a crazy question, but when you're in your shiva all day, the brain starts going on you sometimes. And Rav Palm took out the Egle Tal, and the Sefer Egle Tal said very clearly that the Iker Lishma, he says, is when you have Simcha in whatever you're doing, because when you enjoy something, it gets into your blood system. And when you don't enjoy something, it doesn't. It just doesn't. I hate math. Why do I hate math? Well, because I can't do it. So therefore, and whenever I did it, I didn't enjoy it, right? But I like milkshakes. Why do I like milkshakes? Because I enjoy it. So therefore, we like, why do we like making money when it works? Why do we like that? Because it's something which is enjoyable, right? But we don't like it when... The, uh, the uh, traffic, uh, the sheriff takes our car. Why not? Don't we want to support New York City? 
New York City needs money, so we're being supportive because we hate it. When it, and when you hate something, it doesn't go into your blood system. That's what the Egley Town says. So I said to Rav Palm, so what is the difference between Anivus and Gaivo? And Rav Palm said to me that being an, a, a Balgaiva, these were the words he said, a Balgaiva is belligerent, intolerant, and boisterous. That's what he said. Those two words, a Balgaiva is belligerent, intolerant, and boisterous. And he said, an Arnav is confident and acts. That's what he does. He does what he's got to do. He's confident about it, but he's not belligerent. He's not intolerant. He's not boisterous about anything of it. So it was a world, it was a world in transition that, that, that Yoshua takes over. And it says over here something interesting about when he took over before them. I'm just going to read you the Medrash. Because it says like this, Amrav Yehuda Amarav, Bishah Shanifta Moshe Rabbeinu Eden. When Moshe Rabbeinu was on his way to Ganeden, Amalo Yoshua. So he said to Yoshua, Shaami many Kosvekos. You know, now's the time. I'm going to die. I'm passing on. So if you have any questions, now's the time. Amalo. So Yoshua said, Rebbe. My master, Kulum Did it ever happen that I left you and I went some other place? I didn't. As it says in the Pasuk, that Yoshua never left, right? So Miyad Moshe. Moshe felt bad about that. Because basically what Yeshua was saying at that moment was, I learned everything from you, so I have the same Torah that you have. I know everything, I don't have to ask anything. And that's a problem. That was a problem. So what happened at that point, he, when Moshe died, okay, all of a sudden it says, Nishtachu halachos. He forgot 300 halachos because of that moment of gaiva. And then Yoshua had to go, and the um, the Jewish people were really angry at him for that. And then he had to go and figure out the halachas. So he made that mistake, but now he was going to have to lead the Jewish people. Next thing it says, <clears throat> the Pesach says, in Pesach Vod, in Zion, that Hashem keeps on saying to him, Chazak ve'amatz, you got to be strong, you can't be weak. The Gemara says, you probably everybody's heard this, but I think it's an important line to remember. The, the Gemara says that in reference to the time period of before Mashiach, Pnei Hador Ki Pnei which literally means the face of the generation is like a dog. There was a commercial a couple years ago where they had pictures of dogs and the owners of dogs. Ever see those commercials? And it's amazing how a lot of the people and their dogs, they, they really look similar. But that's not the shot. The accepted shot, at least that I saw, was that a dog always turns around to see what the owner wants. Like he'll walk, it'll go in front of you, but then it'll turn around to see what the owner wants. And so also, before Mashiach comes, the leadership of the world will lead from behind. That, that is something which is terrible, according to Judaism. 
A leader has to be a leader. You have to be chazak ve'amatz. You don't go with this idea of leading from behind. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu is being, I'm sorry, Yoshua is being told, you got to lead from the front, not from behind. The third part, the third point which I wanted to bring out in the first paragraph is the passage it says, So there's a famous Gemara. I'm, I'm afraid because I have these people here that know the Gemara's Balpeh. It's on Lamed Hey Amid Beis in Brachas. Okay. So you can pass around if you want to follow it. He doesn't know Brachas. Okay, so I got one here. Yeah, bro, I know this one by heart. He's <laughs> being humble. So the Kashi says, that you have to learn day and night. That's what the literal interpretation is. Hashem says to Yeshua, you got to learn day and night. So does that mean literally you have to learn day and night? The Pusik says, which means nobody can go to work. Nobody can do anything. There's this obligation. So, so somebody could say, but you have to eat. So the answer to that is, first of all, there are people that don't work and they seem to survive. I don't know how, but they would ever. But the answer would be, if God said you can't eat treif also. If, if the Torah said that you have to learn full time and that's it, right? So then we'd have to come up with some answer for that. You know, I don't know what we would do, but whatever. So the kasha is, how do you rectify that? with the Pasuk that says, the Asafta Diganecha, which we say in Shema, which says that you should gather in your crops. Now, if it says that you have to gather in your crops, that means that A, you had to plant your crops, and B, you're gathering in your crops, which means you're spending time doing things which are not part of learning Torah. So how do you deal with the contradiction where it says, Vagisa Bo Yomam that you've got to learn day and night, and with the approach where it says, which is for Shema. So this is the Gemara over there. I made a little dot on the left side. Okay, I'll just read it to you quickly. Tanarabana, the rabbis learned. Why does it have Matamud Lomar? Why do you have to tell people to bring in the food from the outside? That shouldn't be something in the Torah. They have to go and tell you to bring in your Poland spring water. You know, does it say anywhere that the milk should be refrigerated in the Chumash? Why, why would the Torah have to say such a thing? So, Shinamar, since it says, you might think, since it says you should never let the words of Torah leave your mouth, right? Since you might think it means that literally that you have no other choice but to learn Torah day and night, Talmud Lomar, that's why it says in the verse, that you should go and gather your grain. You have to live like a human being. That is what God wants. It's not a bidyeved. That's the way God created this world. God wants you to be honest with people. God wants you to make a Kiddush Hashem. God wants you to live in the world of Derecheretz. Who says that? That's Divrei Rabbi Shmuel. So Rabbi Shmuel is not saying this is Bidyevet. 
This is the way that God intended the world to be. So yes, you have to learn Torah, and halachically that's saying Shema in the morning and Shema at night fulfills that obligation. The rest of the day, if, if, that, if, if you need to work the rest of the day, and if you need to help your wife with whatever, and you need to do everything that we do, so that's Minuk Derecheres, and that's what God wants. That's the approach of Rabbi Yishmael. Then you have the approach of Rabbi Shem ben Yechoi. Rabbi Shem ben Yechoi says, Evsha Adun Chorish Bishos Harisha. You know, if you're going to be plowing, and then you're going to be planting, and then you're going to be cutting, and then you're going to be gathering in, and you're going to be doing all these things, Tormateolah. When are you going to be able to learn? Let's be real. Everybody here works. How many of us, with the exception of the man who knows all this stuff by heart, but how many of us, seriously, how many of us know all of the shots? How many? Ah, that's okay. <laughs> okay, so they didn't put that in there. Now we have to ask why they didn't put that in there. But but so 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 Rabbi Shimbar Yechai says, Torah Well, I mean, what's going to be with Torah? So therefore, Ella. So Rabbi Shimbar Yechai says that you know what? If you do what's right. When the Jewish people as a nation, it's not individual, but as a nation, does what's right, other people will work. They don't have to work. Okay? So then it says over here, Amra Baya. I'm skipping a few lines because of time. Amra Baya. Baya said, There were a lot of people that follow the approach of Rabbi Shmuel, which means working and learning and living a life that we understand, you know, but also be yadon. And it worked. And it worked. They had Torah. They had Avoda. They didn't have kids that were begging for food in the street. They didn't have kids that got anti, I'm being political now, who were anti-Yiddishkeit because they felt as though they were deprived they didn't have any of that. The Torah worked for them. Rabbi Shem ben Yechoi, and there were those, this Rabbi Shmuel saying, and there are those that follow the approach, I'm sorry, this is Abayah speaking, and there are those that follow the approach of Rabbi Shem ben Yechoi that said, literally, you got to learn day and night and nothing else. And it didn't work. That's what the Gemara says over here. There was a person by the name of Shem ben Yechoi, for him it worked. But for everybody else, according to Abaya, it doesn't work. He comes up with a, actually, he, he, Rava comes up with, with a compromise, which is a very nice compromise in certain professions. It won't work for everybody. He said, he begged the people. He said to them, in Nisan and Tishrei, which were both the prime, prime agricultural seasons, I don't want to see you in yeshiva. Go to work. So that this way, you can make enough money going to the flea markets in the summertime, and this way you don't have to go and work all year long, and you can go to yeshiva. Now, again, that doesn't work for everybody because the world is not like that for most of us. But the concept that he was saying was try to figure a way that you're living in this world, 
you're making a parnasa, you're living normal, everything is normal, but you're still finding time to learn as Yoshua was told. But the approach of Rabbi Shmuel and Abaya and Rabbi go that way, and Rabbi Shimbayachai is saying you got to learn full time and do everything full time, but it didn't work for most people. So those are the three topics on the part on this week's parak, and next par- next week we'll do another parak. Next week on Tuesday night we're learning Megillah. We're gonna get if we got ninety people last time we're gonna get at least ninety to learn Megillah. We're not doing Yvamas first. That's not the next parak. <laughs> I know that my friend Zishi would like to do Yvamas. <laughs> But we can get enough people. We'll tell them you vomit and everybody will. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> anyway, what the Myra is in, uh, in five minutes. Okay, so. 1948.